you know what you would like this evening, Zara? <laughs> yes, I think I do. After reading a lot of overheated puffery about your new cook, you know what I'm craving? A little perspective. That's it. I'd like some fresh, clear, well-seasoned perspective. Coming up, some fresh, well-seasoned perspective on the Pixar film Ratatouille. everyone to the very first episode of the film and food podcast i'm your host chris roberts and thank you so much for joining us for this special moment i'm so excited to be sharing my passion and love for movies and food with you all and i can't wait to see where this journey takes us this week's episode is what we call a film and food review and let me quickly explain what that means we review a film for both its culinary and cinematic quality and we do this in three different segments First, we look at the menu, giving an intro and some initial thoughts about the movie we're reviewing. Then it's time to dine. We dive into the meat of the film, as it were, and give you our in-depth review. This works in three different segments. First, we start with our highlights, then we give you our favourite film moments, and then we give you our favourite food moments. Before, finally, it's time to give our compliments to the chef. This is where we give our concluding thoughts and ratings. But wait, there's more. Every film and food review, we give you a recipe inspired by that film to try at home. Each recipe has been tested and tried by me at home. In every film and food review, I will be joined by a guest. In this episode, we have my lovely wife, Bethany, joining us to share her insights. Listen to our conversation as we discuss Beth's contribution to the film and food review. More giving me the food side of the film (laughs) rather than the film side. Is that right? That's right. Kitchen inspiration. Kitchen inspiration. I'll be the Colette your Linguini. So, this is our film and food review of the Pixar film Ratatouille. Let's look at the menu. Released in 2007, Ratatouille is the eighth film from Pixar Studios, written and directed by Brad Bird. You may also know Brad Bird from his work on The Iron Giant, In The Incredibles, Mission Possible Ghost Protocol, and The Incredibles 2. Ratatouille could be considered the starting point for Pixar's golden age of films. In four successive years, they released four critical and commercial successes. Ratatouille, WALL-E, UP and Toy Story 3. Together they were nominated for a total of 21 Oscar nominations, including two Best Picture nominations for UP and Toy Story 3, respectively. The point I'm trying to make is that Ratatouille is at the high point of Pixar's creative and storytelling powers. And isn't Ratatouille a story? The plot is as follows. An optimistic rat named Remy loves to cook and loves all things human, despite the lack of understanding and opposition from his family. A series of events leads Remy to a unique partnership with a young garbage boy in his favourite Paris restaurant, where Remy follows his dreams of becoming a gourmet chef. It's safe to say that Pixar Studios holds a special place in my heart as a movie lover. It seems like that all throughout my life, they've released powerful, stirring, emotional and provocative movies that have impacted me at the very stage of life that I was in. And I'm sure that's the case for people the world over as they've enjoyed these special works of art. One of the very first movies that I have very fond memories of and very vivid memories and something that sparked my love of film 
was Pixar's 2003 film Finding Nemo. I was eight years old and my dad absolutely loved animated movies and was so excited to share with me this underwater world. I must say I was hooked as soon as I saw that amazing trailer. I loved Finding Nemo so much that I kept the ticket stub from that film for over three years after I watched it. And every time I revisit Finding Nemo and hear the opening score by Thomas Newman and see the sunlight filtering through the beautiful colourful coral reef, I'm taken back to fond nostalgic memories of my childhood. Finding Nemo wasn't the only movie that impacted me. I've grown up with Woody and Buzz in all four of the Toy Story movies that have impacted me in different ways at different stages of my life as I've grown up into adulthood. And quite recently, another one of Pixar's films that has absolutely floored me was Inside Out. When I saw this film, I had just moved out of home a week ago and was desperately homesick, lonely and sad. And so I related incredibly to Riley, the main character, who is moved out of home across the country away from her friends. And I was a sobbing mess as I learnt with the rest of the people watching that film that sadness is a necessary part of life. So even with my special love for Pixar, the film Ratatouille has been quite underrated in my life. I barely remember watching it when it came out in the theatres my wife Beth, however, has a more vivid and somewhat more disturbing remembrance of the first time that she watched Ratatouille. I remembered was that when I first watched it, it was at an outdoor cinema in Broome and we were in deck chairs and it was a balmy evening and just as the sun was setting and making silhouettes, a rat, rats ran across the wall that bounded the outdoor cinema. <laughs> And I also remember laughing a lot and really enjoying the movie, but I'd forgotten all of the plot and lots of those cute moments. So I really enjoyed rewatching. Well, I sincerely hope that you don't have to deal with any rats as you listen to this podcast. Now that we've set the scene and looked at the menu, we're going to move in to It's Time to Dine, the meat and bones of our review. But before we do that, I have to warn you that this next part coming is full of spoilers. We're going to do a deep dive into all the themes and our favourite moments. So if you don't want to be spoiled, if you haven't seen this movie in a while, or you just want to not be spoiled, then please go watch Ratatouille. It's an amazing movie. Come back and listen to us and join us again. Or if you don't mind being spoiled, we're about to dive in to the rest of the review. It's time to dine. So welcome to the review. As I was saying before, Ratatouille is a highly underrated film in my Pixar love, despite having a treasured memory with the studio as a whole. However, after watching this film again, Ratatouille has quickly and rapidly shot up my Pixar filmography list and is in at least the top five Pixar films that I have ever seen. It is that good. Anyway, more to discuss on the film's quality, but I'm just going to let you know how we're going to go about reviewing the film. So first we start with the highlights. We always start with the positive here at the Film and Food Podcast and yes not every film is perfect and we will talk about flaws here and there but we always start with the highlights so we're going to start with our favorite moments of the movie then we'll talk about our favorite film moments how the different techniques and choices that they made in this film created a cohesive whole before finally giving you our favorite food moments and so it wouldn't be the Film and Food Review without talking about our favourite food highlights. And boy, is this movie full of food highlights. 
of course chucked in there we'll be talking about our themes and we'll be talking about all the little details that we absolutely adored about this movie but there is one more thing that we'll discuss at the end of this section which is this week's delicious recipe and it is of course inspired by this film it is a recipe for the amazing vegetarian dish ratatouille i also am looking forward to you making me some ratatouille yeah that is a big part of this podcast is making a recipe inspired by the movie we just watched and so how can you not make ratatouille definitely i would love to make ratatouille with you without further ado let's talk about highlights i'm going to pass it over to beth and she's going to share some of her highlights and favorite moments from the film um when the rats went in the dishwasher (laughs) that was so cute because I was having hygiene problems. Um, so that was great, seeing that they were all squeaky clean. And they were so cute. Um, yeah, I just liked the cooking scenes. I got a bit scared in the chase. Didn't want him to get squished by a car. Do we see rats in Manly? I don't know. Park, yeah, we at do. The bus stop, at the park. You know? Yeah. I'm glad they're not in our house. That's a good thing. Mm. But seeing them out and about, they're, I mean, they're fluffy. Fluffy is a word. <laughs> what did you think, babe? Mm. Yeah, I think it's great movie. It's really lovely. Really lovely. Has a great message. Anyone can cook. Do something. That, to take a risk and be creative. Don't be too much of a critic all the time. Remember your family. Remember your family. What does that mean to you, Bethy? Love my family. And they're always cooking up yummy stuff. And now we cook yummy stuff in our own home. Yeah, it's great. Um, Nice traditions. Lovely traditions. Wow. Talk about someone with great taste. I also agree with all of Beth's highlights. And frankly... This movie is more highlights than lowlights, in my opinion. I have absolutely so many highlights from this movie that I want to talk about. Seriously, rats in a dishwasher has to be one of the most unique and cute experiences I've ever had watching a film. One of my highlights is the scenes with Remy and Linguini cooking together. It's a very funny and somewhat believable way that Remy controls Linguini using the tufts of hair sitting in his chef's hat. But we get some absolutely... Hilarious moments of physical comedy. First, when we see Remy and Linguini learning how to cook together in Remy's apartment. That scene is both charming and hilarious as they form their relationship together, learn how to work together, but also make a bunch of hilarious mistakes that all chefs in the kitchen can relate to. We also get the amazing first scene of Remy and Linguini cooking together for the first time in Chef Gusto's kitchen and just watching Linguini be pulled about to find all sorts of ingredients is is one of the funniest moments of the movie and definitely a highlight for me. Another one of my highlights is when Colette teaches Linguini about cooking in a restaurant. This includes one scene where Colette chastises Linguini for having a messy station as he cooks. This prompted a discussion between Beth and I about whether we were messy chefs or clean chefs. Am I a clean chef or a messy chef? Clean. I'm definitely messy. You're probably. I'm probably messy, messy too. too. Well, at least we could be messy together. We could be messy together. We clean up after. Yeah. 
Eat first. Eat the dish you made first. Enjoy. Enjoy and then clean up. So, that's the verdict. We're both messy chefs. However, we're both messy together, so it's not too bad. So, are you a messy chef or a clean chef? I must say the benefits of being a messy chef are that you can just cook and create without having to worrying about cleaning, and you can just clean it up all after. But I envy you clean chefs because you have the diligence and the ability to keep things clean and tidy as you go along. Then you can eat and enjoy, and not have to do a huge cleanup afterwards. So well done if you're a clean chef. Another one of my highlights is when Remy stays over at Linguini's house for the first time and Linguini wakes up in the morning seeing that a whole bunch of his food has gone and blaming Remy for running out and stealing all the food. But we see that Remy has actually cooked a human-sized omelette and a little rat-sized omelette. It's just one of the many tender moments that establish that relationship that make the film work so powerfully. It's also just so cute and sweet and adoring. And it just speaks to the wonderful power that food has in bringing people together. Seriously, I could go through this whole movie and nearly all of it would be a highlight. So we better actually move on to the different segments of this review. So we're going to talk about the film moments and we're going to talk about the food moments. But first, we're going to start with the film moments. Ratatouille is such a perfectly executed film in every single way. Pixar has a reputation of creating films that speak to all ages, children and adults alike. And Ratatouille is a perfect example of that. But I almost think that the film is aimed at adults and children can also still have a good time watching it. And I think it's a miracle that Brad Bird and his team were able to weave together a story that both can connect to young people and older audiences. For example, we get maybe five or six different chase scenes in the film that add to the plot certainly that are so well directed and so frenetically paced that one can't help but invest it in, as well as slower moments that speak to the characters and allow relationships and feelings and themes to be developed. It's a perfect balancing act. It's just a testament to how Pixar never talks down to its audience, but instead creates a world, creates a story that is sure to engage audiences on every level rather than just spoon-feeding them plot and things that they think kids will like. This is a film that I think will just be more rewarding each and every time I visit it. So how exactly did Brad Bird and his team achieve such a perfectly crafted and perfectly balanced film? First, let's talk about Brad Bird. Brad Bird is an incredible writer and director who has made his name for his action movies like The Incredibles and like Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. But it isn't just his action chops that he has a name for. All of his films aren't afraid to tackle with some more mature themes. For example, in The Incredibles... We have very realistic portrayal of a family and a dwindling marriage, and not many animated films, even today, still have the guts to be able to dive into some of those themes with such honesty and vulnerability, and have audiences grapple with that from kids to adults. You see Brad Bird's directorial talents on display in every single scene of this film. As I was saying, his action style works perfectly in some of those chase scenes. His brilliant action directing is on full display in some of those chase scenes where instead of using fast cut editing, he uses these beautifully choreographed long takes. Whether that's Remy's journey through the underbelly of Chef Gusto's kitchen or through the tunnels and little holes inside a house, we are in Remy's POV and we are understanding through this choice what it's like to be a rat scurrying and scampering around on the floor. And Brad Bird uses low angle shots so much in this film to show the difference of size. We see Remy low looking up at things so many times, looking up at Linguini, looking up at the TV. 
And this contributes to the theme, anyone can cook. It's showing that Remy is small. Remy is a rat. But he, even he, can be a great artist, can be a great chef. And Brad Bird isn't afraid to use directorial flourishes in his films. There are so many amazing camera techniques that he uses that are only usually seen in live action. For example, there's this beautiful dolly zoom at the beginning of the movie when Remy and Emile are in the kitchen stealing food and Remy watches Chef Gusteau on the kitchen. You see Remy standing on the kitchen bench with the TV in the background and as the camera moves we see the TV grow larger and larger while Remy stays the same size. This technique would probably go unnoticed and is very subtle but it but it shows the level of attention and care and thought put into every shot. This simple dolly zoom is not just done for the sake of it. It shows Remy's love of Chef Gusteau and we are drawn in as Remy is drawn in listening to the inspiring words of Chef Gusteau as he talks about his philosophy of food. And this attention to detail is seen in every single aspect of the movie. Beth was quick to notice the brilliant rendering of the French architecture. I well. really enjoyed the architecture. Mm. I'd already noticed the floor in the kitchen. I just thought that was that really nice. And then good looking floor. They used it as part of the plot when the rats hit on the black tiles so Linguini wouldn't spot them. That's right. So that was really a nice touch. That was a a nice element of the set already, and then they brought it into the storyline. The attention to detail in, like, the authentic French ovens, like, the kitchen is pristine, the architecture is so, like, meticulous in its detail, like... And even tiny little scenes, um, like when they're floating down the boat in the little can Mm. thing with the fire and the little bed and his brother and like they didn't focus on that much but that was super sweet definitely and like yeah just the lighting in every scene was just like pristine the set design and production design in the animation is just exquisite and one of my favorite moments of the attention to detail is when we first see Linguini's tiny French apartment. Of course, it's incredibly accurate to Parisian apartments to be so small, but my wife and I live in a 30 square meter apartment, and and so we definitely appreciate the joys and challenges of living in such a small space. This apartment, very sweet. Tiny French apartments. Love it. Love it. Reminds us of our own little unit. It's even smaller. Tiny kitchen experience. I kind of liked his first apartment more than his second apartment. Yeah. His second apartment was his sellout apartment. <laughs> it was too big for his little pal. Too big for his Too big, big for, for little chef's ego. legs. For his ego. <laughs> yeah, the first one and his first night looking out in those little windows, that sense of optimism and really sweet. So there's the French architecture, the tiny French apartments, but it is also in every single aspect of the cooking and the food. Chef Gusteau's is a brilliant, brilliant set, and it is an astonishingly good-looking kitchen. Hashtag kitchen goals. The beautiful black and white tiling, the gorgeous French ovens, every single part of that kitchen, the scratches on the pots, the flames on the stove... Every single part is rendered with such meticulous care and detail. I know that I was drooling at the prospect of cooking in such a kitchen, and I'm sure all of my kitchen lovers out there, all of my cooks, would jump at the opportunity to spend a day cooking in that amazing 
in that amazing kitchen. Yes, a good story is the most important part of a film, but the attention to detail, the set design, the animation only contributes vibrancy and richness and just makes this story elevate to a higher level. It is just such a joy and pleasure to watch this meticulously crafted film. Again, there's so many things to mention. I absolutely adored the music, which is by Michael Giacchino. Michael Giacchino is one of the most prolific and successful film composers who did films such as The Incredibles, Inside Out, War for the Planet of the Apes, and his Oscar-winning score for the film Up. Michael Giacchino gives us this jazzy score that ranges in tempo. At some moments in the fast, frantic scenes, it is skiddy and fast and rampant and frantic and anxious. And it really accentuates the scenes where we're scurrying along with Remy and understanding what it's like to be a rat. However, the music also slows down and gives us beautiful moments of empathy and relationship and emotion. One of my favorite examples of this is the beautiful music that plays while Anton Ego reads out his review of Chef Gusto's Kitchen. I could just keep on going about the amazing technical elements of this movie, even the editing. This movie is nearly two hours long, but it flies by with such a crisp pace and it beautifully balances the quieter moments with the higher paced moments. And this all has to do with some really good editing choices. And I have to share one of my favorite little editing moments it's a beautiful transition from the kitchen of Gusto's into the office of Anton Ego. So keep your eye on that if you want to watch it again. Another incredible aspect of this movie that is so perfectly done is the voice acting. I personally think that this is one of Pixar's best voice acted movies. The only other movie I think that even comes close is 2015's Inside Out. The casting of each character is so perfect that you can't even imagine anybody else playing those characters. Comedian Patton Oswalt plays Remy with such enthusiasm, vigour, joy and passion that the audience just can't help but be swept up into Remy's passion and enthusiasm and love and optimism for cooking. If the audience doesn't buy Remy's enthusiasm and passion for cooking, the film falls flat on its face. And so Patton Oswalt just does a brilliant job here. Another MVP of this film's voice cast is the legendary Peter O'Toole, who plays the critic Anton Ego. The character design of Anton Ego in the first place is intimidating. He almost looks like a vampire and in fact his office floor is in the shape of a coffin. Peter O'Toole brings a level of intimidation, menace and snobbishness into every single word that comes out of Anton Ego's mouth. Just like Jeremy Irons was perfectly cast for Scar in the movie The Lion King, I can't just imagine any other voice doing the job as well as Peter O'Toole voices Anton Ego. The rest, of the, the rest of the characters in this film are also perfectly voice acted and they bring a wonderful vibrancy to the rest of the film. Characters like Colette, who teaches Linguini how to cook and is the love interest in the movie. And also the rest of the chefs in Gusto's kitchen. Each one has their own individual voice and character and just add this beautiful richness and variety in character to the kitchen. For some, for some reason, there seems to be a belief that animation is of its own genre or that animation is only for kids. And I know Brad Bird is firmly against this belief. Animation is not its own genre, it is an art form, and Brad Bird fully utilizes it. In reality, 95% of animated movies do not have the same level of attention to detail, the same flair in its editing and direction, or even the ability to grapple a story with this many complex themes. And for that reason, 
This film is a gem. Ratatouille is a gem of the animation genre and a perfect example of how a filmmaking team working together with the same vision creates a beautiful piece of art. I pass it over to Beth to share some of her favourite film moments. Just beautiful. Really, really charming. A charming movie. A charming movie. Great facial expressions. Yeah. Great characters. That's, you know, that's just classic Pixar for you, making them endearing. Mmm. They do really like, like halfway through the movie, you just forget that you're watching a rat that's making mm. a human cook. Like it turns this ludicrous situation, like it sucks you right in. It does. Doesn't it? And you're quite happy at the end to see them in their own little mini restaurant. Mm. That is a really good quality of Pixar. They do just take you out of reality. Mm. I want to know what's for dessert. What's for dessert? Surprise me. <laughs> and now it's time to talk about the food. And my goodness, what food there is in this movie. I think you can understand the reason why I chose this as the first movie that we'll review in the Film and Food podcast. Every single frame of this movie is filled with mouth-watering, tantalizingly good food. As I was saying, the attention to detail in the French architecture and the kitchen does not end on physical things, but it also goes to the food as well. You want to eat every single piece of food in this film. There are so many beautiful little moments and so many powerful, impactful food moments that are critical to the story and convey the themes of this film. Well, where do we begin with the food in this movie? I think we should start at Anton Ego's food memory at the end of the movie. We first meet Anton Ego at the beginning of the movie, and we see him criticising Chef Gusteau's motto, Anyone Can Cook. We then learn that Anton Ego's bad review of Chef Gusteau's restaurant caused him to go into such sadness that he passed away. Then we don't hear of Anton Ego again for at least another 45 minutes, when word comes to him that Chef Gusteau's has returned back to the culinary world with this new chef, Linguini. He is prompted to review the film again, saying that he has to have the last word. He interrupts Linguini's press conference to let him know that he'd been playing against the rules. He'd been reaching such success and love and playing the game without having an opponent. So then we have Anton Ego enter Chef Gusteau's restaurant at a very pivotal time. Everything had been a mess at Chef Gusteau's kitchen. Linguini had revealed to his chefs that it was in fact Remy, a rat, that was controlling him and helping him cook. Every single one of his chefs had walked out the door on that very fateful night, and only Colette had returned to help him. And you have a full kitchen full of Remy's family cooking the food as Linguini rolls around on his skates, being the waiter. And the time comes for Remy to choose the meal that would blow Anton Ego's mind. And he chooses Ratatouille. And this choice of Ratatouille perfectly encapsulates the movie's themes. And so, Ratatouille is cooked and Ratatouille is served to Anton Ego, who, pen in hand, takes the first bite. Then the moment. Anton Ego is whisked back into his childhood as he remembers he's crying because his new bike is broken and he goes into his mother's kitchen where he's served a beautiful bowl of ratatouille and, and is reminded by his mother's comforting food that everything was going to be okay. Then he's whisked back into the restaurant. We see a beautiful large smile emerge on his face 
we see colour return to his cheeks. And after this look of complete and utter astonishment, he greedily and hungrily takes bite after bite of the beautiful ratatouille. This has got to be one of my favourite scenes in all of Pixar's filmography. And it perfectly encapsulates the themes of the movie. Anton Ego professes that he loves food. He loves it so much that if it doesn't wow him, he'll spit it out. And Remy has the gall to serve him ratatouille, which Colette herself calls a peasant dish. In fact, it was a bold statement to produce such a lowly meal for the esteemed critic Anton Ego. Here we see Ego literally shedding his ego. His love of food had caused him to become a gatekeeper, had caused him to become prideful, to become bitter and twisted. And really, there was no love in him anymore. There was no passion. There was no joy. Everything was being viewed from a negative place. And all of this is beautifully summed up in Anton Ego's review, which is read out towards the end of the film, where he says, The work of a critic is easy. We thrive on negative criticism, and it's easy to write, and audiences love to read it. However, the most meaningless piece of junk is probably worth more than someone's criticism. But a critic really risks something in the defense of the new. It's true, not everyone can be a great artist, but a great artist can come from anywhere. These beautiful words show us the redemption and the courage of ego by embracing and recommending and brilliantly reviewing this new kitchen experience, this rat cooking this amazing food, he lost everything. He lost his reputation and, and Chef Gusteau's was closed down. But in fact, he had discovered his passion. He had discovered his love afresh and he had realised just the simple beauty and joy of eating something delicious. I asked Beth if she had ever experienced a food memory like this. Mm. Can we just talk about that for a second? The food memory. All right. Well, shout out to Whole Green Bakery in... Waverly, Sebastian, incredible chef. The first time I bit into his strawberry tart and just tasted the creaminess, the vanilla, the strawberries, everything, just instant food flashback to sitting outside the Pompidou in Paris, just biting into a pastry, and I was back there. And I wasn't expecting to go back there either. I wasn't thinking of it. I just bit into it and it happened. So... They weren't exaggerating with the Ratatouille scene. Mm, that is probably like, obviously it is the climax of the movie, but like, what a scene. What a scene. It's true to life. Do you have nostalgic foods? Do I have nostalgic foods? Like, can it be nostalgic for like four months ago? Sure. Like, whenever I taste the sauce we make, whenever we make sweet potato gnocchi... Like tomato, onion, basil. Whenever I eat that, I like food memory back to when we were in the markets, like buying all that food and Yum, cooking it for the first time. That good garlic. Mm. That's a good day. That was good a great ingredients. Day. Great ingredients. Mm. Yum. Yum. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, we give you permission to go and pause the podcast, go and make something delicious. And come back and listen because you're probably very hungry. Cook while you listen. Cook while you listen. That's true too. Definitely do that. <laughs> or while you wash up. 
there are still plenty more amazing food moments to come out of this movie. There's a scene where Remy is watching Linguini put all sorts of things into this soup, completely ruining it. And Remy's first motive is to escape. But as he skitters to go out the window, he can't help but smell the amazing ingredients and start to cook. This is just a scene of pure food delight. Every single person who loves to cook, I'm sure, has experienced the joy of just adding ingredients, inhaling the aroma, and seeing what they can do to bring as much goodness and pure taste out of every dish that they have created. This little montage of Remy adding ingredient after ingredient, inhaling the aroma, tasting to see if he can improve it anymore, is just one of the best scenes of the movie. And it is quite a small scene, but it speaks to the power of Chef Gusto's motto, anyone can cook, and that cooking should be this joyous moment. We hear Chef Gusto say that there is colour and life all around you. You just have to stop to notice. So many of us cook just to eat or cook distracted. But Chef Gusto is saying, can we stop and experience the pure joy? Taste the flavours like Remy does. And speaking of tasting the flavours, when Remy tastes food, the visual representation of the different tastes of the cheese and the strawberry through the colours bursting on the screen and the different music is one of the most beautiful ways I've ever seen taste put onto screen. Taste is such a hard thing to objectively talk about and the beautiful animation and colours and the different types of music absolutely incredibly, better than I've ever seen it before, captures the joy of tasting something so vivid and vibrant and the even greater joy of combining two ingredients together. We have the scenes with Colette teaching Linguini about how good bread is like a symphony of crackle and how to bribe a grower just so that you get the best produce. You have the cute little moments where Linguini makes Remy a beautiful cheese plate and you have the even funnier moment when Emile eats all of the grapes and spits them all out at Linguini when he falls to the floor. And then there's the little scene at the beginning where Remy experiences pure joy at finding a mushroom. You see him go about finding the best ingredients and cooking it on the rooftop and to finally be zapped by lightning. I could keep going on and on about each and every mouth-watering moment of this film, but it's safe to say that this is a pure, undeniable example of a film and food movie. It is a food lover's delight, and if you are walking away feeling inspired to eat or to cook something beautiful then I don't know what movie you're watching. Before we move on to our recipe, I just want to touch on the themes again. This movie tackles a whole bunch of complex themes, even the beautiful way that it talks about family. Remy has a passion and a love his family don't understand. His dad, Django, his dad, his dad, Django has a different belief about food. He says, food is fuel. If you spend too long worrying about the details, you're not going to be able to eat. His understanding of food is more about survival. Just eat what you need to eat so that you can survive. Remy's views on food are so much more different. If he wants to eat, if he wants to steal, why can't they eat the good stuff? And we see this family dynamic play out over and over throughout the movie. Halfway through the movie, Django takes Remy into France to show him all of these rats stuck in traps and all of the different poisons that humans use to kill rats. He uses this to show Remy that humans and rats will never cooperate. They will never be on the same page and that humans will always want to kill rats. Remy is obviously disturbed by this, but he says a beautiful thing. He doesn't let 
this disturbing moment break his optimism or his, will, or his willingness to believe that things can change. He says, nature is change. And Remy still walks away believing that his actions can bring about change in the world. And this is where him and his dad have fundamentally different beliefs. Django believes that the world is set in its way and there's nothing you can do about it. While Remy believes that there can be change and that you have the ability to bring something good and beautiful into the world. And we see Django at the end of the movie, while still not fully understanding Remy's passion, at least understands and respects it because he sees how much it means to Remy. And we don't see Remy run away from his family or give up on his family during the movie. Remy still loves and supports his family, even though they don't understand his passions or his loves. And I think this is a beautiful thing to say about family. If we have family that don't understand who we are or to struggle to relate to us about our passions or the things we believe, don't give up on them. But instead, how can you continue to support and love your family while still holding on to those beliefs that you believe in. Again, this is meant to be a kid's film, but it just tackles these themes with such complexity and with such richness. And finally, there's the big theme, the one that's at the beginning of the movie, which is Chef Gusteau's theme, Anyone Can Cook. Ask Beth what she thought of the motto, Anyone Can Cook. Do you believe that <laughs> anyone can cook? Yes. If you can read, you can cook, as my mum says. I believe that is true. Mm. It's just the love of food that I share with him, not the belief about its production. Nice. <laughs> Don't want to waste good time on bad food. Yeah, that's true. If, I, if it doesn't take long to cook and it's not that good, I'm not that disappointed. But if I've spent a lot of time, tracked down ingredients, mm. made it, and it's not even yummy, then I'm just mad. Yeah. Three strikes, you're out. Three strikes, you're out. <laughs> what does this actually mean? Of course, Anton Ego has his opinion on what this means. Not everyone can be a great artist, but a great artist can come from anywhere. You see, anyone can cook something simple or cook something average. But it takes that attention to detail, that a commitment, that love and that passion to create something truly beautiful. And this is a powerful theme. As we see, Remy is a rat. Rats have absolutely no place in a modern kitchen. And there is no way on earth that anybody would expect a brilliant chef to come from a rat. However, this truly encapsulates this theme. A great artist can come from anywhere. And so if you're listening to this and you have a dream or a passion or a belief, but you believe who you are, where you've come from, what you've done, or any sort of factor is holding you back from following that dream, or well, I want to point you back to this film. You see, taking a risk, doing something new, creating instead of critiquing is one of the hardest things to do. I'm creating a podcast that reviews other people's creativity. However, I want to add my level of creativity and love to this podcast. And it is a bit daunting and vulnerable to put my voice out into the world. But this movie has inspired me to do something new, to have a go, to share my passion and love with other people in the hope that other people can also too experience the love and passion that comes from the wonder of cinema and the beautiful joy of cooking. You see, there is power when we come together to eat. There is simple power in eating a beautiful, tasty meal. 
It's an act of love to cook for someone. It's an act of creativity to make something new. So there is some value in critiquing something, but there is greater value in creating, bringing something good and beautiful and inspiring to the world that can bring about a positive change. With all of the trouble and pain and confusion and injustice in the world, let's be more like Remy, optimistic and wanting to bring good things and bring about good change in the world and be less like Anton Ego who has created his own puffed up pride from his negative criticism and is sitting on the sidelines rather than contributing anything good to the world. That's what this podcast is all about. Finding the beauty and the joy and the wonder that comes from cinema. I believe that there are so many things, so many fundamental truths that we can learn from the human experience, from seeing films from other people's perspective. It grows empathy in us. We start to put ourselves in other people's shoes And we have a greater appreciation for the things that other humans being can go through. This in turn helps us to love and respect other people, no matter who they are, because they are also human like us. Well, what an amazing film. Before we give our compliments to the chef, we need to talk about this week's recipe, which is, of course, for ratatouille. Now, I absolutely loved making ratatouille when I tested this recipe. It is a luxurious dish that I recommend making over a weekend or when you've got plenty of hours. If you've got a friend or you've got dinner guests coming over and you want to cook together, this is such a good dish to do that because there is a bit of prep work, but it creates a beautiful, rich, vibrant flavor that will just wow anyone. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to pass it over to Beth to hear her reactions when she tasted my ratatouille recipe. So delicious. I'm dying. I'm going to eat all of it. <laughs> it's really good. It's like the texture. The herbs have gotten a little bit crunchy at top. The vegetable is so tender. The tomato sauce is like subtly spicy somehow and delicious and velvety. And I just need another bite so I can confirm for you my thoughts. Well, that glowing recommendation says it all. This is a must cook dish that will wow anybody who tries it. You can find a printable recipe in the show notes of this week's episode on our website, www.filmandfoodpodcast.com, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But don't just make the dish. Let us know about it. We want to see pictures. We want to hear thoughts. Be a part of the conversation. Please email us at fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. That's fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. Or get in touch over social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Join the conversation. Show us your photos. Let us know how you went with this recipe. Join the community and enjoy cooking this week. Okay, now it's time to give our compliments to the chef. Ratatouille is easily one of the best films of 2007 and a shining light in Pixar's filmography. But what do Beth and I think about it? This section is where we give our final ratings and reviews and I'm going to let you know quickly how this works. It is the Film and Food podcast, so we actually give two ratings for a movie. We have a food rating and a film rating. The food rating is where we give a score out of 10 for the quality of food in the film. This is how much food there is in the movie, how the food contributes to the plot, how tasty the food looks, all the things about food in the film, we give a rating out of 10. Then we also give the film a rating out of 10. So how does this film work as a whole? How do the techniques work? How does it explore its themes? How well is it executed? 
How does it make us feel? We give a rating out of 10. So, without further said, I'm going to pass it over to Beth to share her ratings. What would you give the movie out of 10 for its food quality? 10. I was quite hungry watching it. A 10. I started looking at recipes while we were watching. Mm, Wow. That's a that's a review and a half. <laughs> it's it making me quite hungry. And and I want to taste those sauces. And as a movie, as a film, rated it out of ten. I'll give it nine out of ten minus one star for when I was quite scared. <laughs> <laughs> no, I probably won't have a nightmare, so ten. Wow. Two tens for the first ever movie that we've reviewed. <laughs> On film and food. <laughs> what are your review? What are your ratings? Mm, what are my ratings? I'm going to think about it a little bit more. <laughs> Wise move. <laughs> but I, I doubt I would be much far away from was, your scores. I was very satisfied. I, I stopped knitting. Hear that? I stopped knitting. Stopped just, knitting. <laughs> it's just enjoying it. It's great. Well, I have had some time to think. And I've only fallen more in love with this amazing film every single day since I've watched it. It is beautifully constructed, beautifully executed, and has a beautiful, inspiring message. My food rating for Ratatouille is also a 10 out of 10. This is the pinnacle example of food in a film. Every single scene has mouth-watering food. The food contributes to the plot. There is so much of it. It looks incredibly tasty. This is an undeniable 10 out of 10. And for Ratatouille's film rating, I also give a 10 out of 10. I think this is a beautifully made, beautifully constructed, beautifully balanced film that I will want to repeat and watch over and over and over again. I really don't have many flaws and I just absolutely loved every single minute of this film. So, if you're doing the math at home, you would have realised that Beth and I scored this movie a perfect 40 out of 40. And... I don't think that's an unwarranted rating. In the Film and Food podcast, Ratatouille will stand as a shining light, a pinnacle of quality uh, to what a film and food movie really is. It's an amazing film, it has amazing food, and it is just what we want to see on this podcast. So, that about does it for this week's episode, a film and food review of Ratatouille. We have absolutely loved watching this movie, cooking the Ratatouille, and reviewing and discussing about it. It's such an incredible film. If you like this episode and want to get involved, I'm passing over to Beth to talk about being a guest on this podcast. Send us your CV if you'd like to be a guest. Yeah. I mean, What's for your you... qualifications? <laughs> I don't have any qualifications. I want to see reviews, what you've eaten, what you like, what you watch. Yeah. If you want Do to be... you love food? Yeah. Would you spit it out if you didn't like it? Do you love film? Would you spit it out if you didn't like it? Would you fall asleep? Would you you fall asleep? Do you... Do you talk? Do you walk away from the screen? Let us know. That's right. If you love film, if you love food or love both, that's even better. We'd love to have you on the show. Email me, fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. That's fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. We can have a chat and see if you can be a guest on the next film and food review.
Finally, I ask Beth if she has any final words. Any final words? <laughs> any final words of inspiration? <laughs> I feel like a pastry. If you enjoyed this podcast, can I ask you a favour? Can you share it with a friend? We're at the very beginning of our podcasting journey and we want our name to get out there to all who would want to listen to a podcast like this. So please, if you can, if you have the time, share it with a friend and let them know about the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Film and Food podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn and SoundCloud. Make sure you join the conversation. Email us. The address is fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. I'll say that again fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com and join the conversation on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, all at the Film and Food Podcast. Let us know how you went with the recipe. What did you think of Ratatouille? Give us feedback, suggest a movie to review. The most important thing is to join the conversation. Until next time, goodbye and thanks for listening.